Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the February 13th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is your post-Super Bowl Monday edition of the show. I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is John. Listeners, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. If you haven't done so already, please do make sure to hit that subscribe button. That will get you the latest episodes as soon as they are available. John, how are you, man? Doing well. How are you? I am good. Okay. This is going to basically, this episode is going to have two parts to it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. First half, we're going to focus on the Super Bowl mm-hmm. that just happened yesterday as the Philadelphia Eagles took on the Kansas City Chiefs in a uh, epic offensive, uh, I don't know. What do you call it? Battle, I guess. Battle. Sure. We'll go battle. Offensive battle. And then the second half of the show, we're going to focus on the Los Angeles Lakers. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. So what would you think of this Super Bowl? I think it, it kind of lived up to the the billing. It was a good game. That's all you could hope for is a good game. Um, I don't know that it's often that you see the team that's down going into halftime come back and, and win. I know it's happened before. We saw it with New England taking on Atlanta and beating Atlanta. Uh, but... but uh, it was a good game, I thought. Yeah, fun game. It was fun, for sure. Um, I think a lot of people you know, ex- were expecting the Eagles to be able to win this game. Uh, a lot of questions on Patrick Mahomes' ankle, how well he is gonna, was going to be able to play, and wasn't able to use it and run around and all that stuff. And he did it, I mean, other than right before halftime when he got injured a little bit, he was able to move around perfectly fine. Didn't really have a whole lot of issues there. So that was you know, a positive for Chiefs fans. I think that injured the Eagles ability to get a pass rush on him uh, and injured their ability to shut them down. But going into the game, one thing I expected was the Eagles were going to struggle stopping the Kansas City Chiefs in the run game because in, against the 49ers, they struggled to get to stop Christian McCaffrey uh, and he pretty much did whatever he wanted in that game. Now, obviously, if they put him at quarterback, you know, maybe the Eagles could have even been eliminated. I don't know. But... um the um in this game the the Chiefs were able to pretty much run wild as much as they wanted to the Eagles really couldn't do anything to stop them and once they started using the speed that they have at wide receiver there was little to nothing the Eagles could do defensively it was just open the floodgate doors a little bit and just <laughs> let the water come out because they legitimately had no answers yeah. for any of the run game the the Chiefs did anything they wanted to Patrick Mahomes even running all over them so that was what I kind of expected offensively, the Eagles, um, it was kind of interesting because in the passing game, Jalen Hurts, I think, did a really good job with placement of the football. Um, we saw A.J. Brown get that touchdown pass where he was able to kind of move around the defender and catch it. Uh, saw multiple touch, uh, saw multiple really good deep balls that were just either dropped or some passes that were thrown really well, and there was some issue holding onto the football if you're the water, or if you're the wide receiver of the Eagles. We saw um, their running back, I think it was Boston Scott, almost get the completion and then get blown up, and there was almost a fumble, and there's all the controversy around the ruling. Um, was it a fumble? I, I, I don't know. But um, then, you know, there's also the goader uh, completion that he almost dropped it going out of bounds. So the Eagles had trouble throughout the game with holding on to the football. Um, and 
this Eagles team, after rewatching the tape, just looked like they were playing to get to the Jalen Hurts sneak. They weren't like trying to blow any big plays up, right? They weren't trying to get large chunk plays over and over and over again. They were really just trying to get short little passing plays, get into their wide receivers, and hope to do something there. Because um, Devonta Smith is the only person on their team in the passing game that got over 100 yards. Everyone else was 96 was the second closest to 100 yards. And everyone just kind of went down from there. So no one really did that much as far as wide receiver yards. They were mostly just short little passes, um, which is fine. But over time, the Chiefs learned how to be disciplined in their in their positioning. Because at the beginning of the game, the Chiefs marched down the or the the Eagles marched on the field on the Chiefs because they weren't they were expecting Jalen Hurts to run. And they let guys kind of sneak behind them and find openings in their zone defense. Then slowly they figured out how to corral him with just using the defensive line and then let the linebackers and cornerbacks uh, play the wide receivers. And we saw that lead to multiple field goals, um, which then led to the Chiefs being able to get in the driver's seat, get that touchdown, which then led to, and then the Eagles got the battle by scored. But then by that point, the Chiefs already had the momentum, the defense to stop them. Everything kind of pointed to the direction that they'd win. And then they mounted that drive that took a lot of time up, about five minutes, uh, and then took the rest of the clock out the clock out of the game. Um, so I think there's this Eagles team, I think there's a lot of questions you have to ask now. I don't think they resolve, or I don't think it's anything to do with uh, Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is the strong point on this team. I think he's done a great job progressing from where we saw him last season until now, uh, where we are on this podcast talking about Jalen Hurts needs to learn how to finesse the football into the spot. How does he get over the defender? Can he get that? Can he turn into that type of quarterback? We saw over the season that he can and that he's on that right trajectory on the right path. Everything else, though, the the desire to sneak so much and just do that is going to get stopped at some point. You can't do that forever. Uh, you got to move the ball downfield way more than they did. They've got to invest in wide receivers. Yeah, they got a good tight end, uh, in my opinion, and they got Smith and they've got AJ Brown. But they're gonna need more wide receivers than that. They got to have more explosive play because that's what makes the Chiefs so good. They can injure you on the ground game with two really stellar wide or running backs, and then they've got a slew of wide receivers. I mean, they can beat you in any way they want to. It's just who, and then they can rest guys and they got guys to circulate in. All of that. The Eagles are going to need a similar situation. And then defensively, they're going to be playing teams like this. They're going to be playing high-powered, very fast-paced, very you know wow-factoring teams throughout their time in the NFL, right, this team. They're going to have to figure out a way to stop the run. They can't just let the be uh, let this happen over and over and over again because teams are getting better in the running game and the offensive lines are getting better. You're going to have to be able to, way to shut them down. And you're going to have to be, find a way to stick with wide receivers because the Chiefs got two touchdowns on the exact same play. That can't work. Um, so I think, honestly, like you said, fun Super Bowl, close Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Jalen Hurts did everything he could in this game. He just didn't have any backup. And eventually, you know, when a team finally figures out how to how to play you and, and, and make sure you don't get out of the pocket – then they started leading to situations where they got to third down and short, but it, or even fourth down and short, but it was on their side of the 50, and it's even in the 30-yard line, and at times they moved on the field, but then they were stopped and kicked the field goal. The two field goals in the third quarter 
And right, I think right before halftime and at the third quarter, those two field goals changed the tide of the game because they were no longer just pounding the ball and pounding the ball in. It was becoming a little harder for them, and they couldn't get things done. And then Patrick Mahomes came on the field, and the time possession kind of evened out a little bit. Now, granted, the Eagles dominated that in the first half, so it was a little hard to get there. And the Chiefs started doing everything they needed to do to start dominating. So I think, you know, the Eagles probably need to invest in some wide receivers, some new ones, to get a little more uh, energy out of that team. Um, and they're going to have to start playing for more than just a short game um, because, I mean, like I said, most of the guys didn't even finish with 100 yards uh, hundred yards passing. You're going to have to do that more if you want to stick with this Kansas City Chiefs team, and that's why the Bengals were able to have a closer game was because they still want to get those 50-50 balls. They still wanted to move the ball downfield. They still wanted to get everything that they possibly could and get chunk plays, chunk plays, chunk plays. We saw very few chunk plays in that game. Overall, most of it was a lot of short stuff, so I think they got to work on that as well. But, you know, Chiefs getting their second uh, Super Bowl ring in, like, three years. Yep. Uh, only losing to, you know, Tampa Bay. Of course, they're going to lose to yeah. Tom Brady and, yeah. and that and that defense in their, in their prime. But yeah. getting for Patrick Mahomes, is, the uh, Chiefs are very excited that they gave yep. him that 10-year deal. I'm sure they are. And, that I mean, to play that game hurt again. I know, right? Play through the end of the season hurt. Uh, I mean, or like, through the through the playoffs hurt like that. and Tweak that ankle again. He's just got up, fought through yeah. it, came back in, and looked fine. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right. Uh, uh, the L.A. Lakers. What's going on? Yeah, I want to talk about them for a second just because we talked about it during the trade deadline. They traded for some guys, tried to, you know, renovate their team uh, and try to get things in the right direction. I mean, I think they made the correct moves. I think they got playmakers in there. But overall, that game that they played against the Warriors was horrible. I mean, they, I mean, LeBron James is out. Obviously, he didn't play that game. Uh, but at the same time, Anthony Davis, I think, was like at 1.5 for 19 in shooting. Um, every guy was putting up threes. I think they were like 9 for 22 in threes uh, <laughs> pretty late in the game around the third quarter. They got a lot of rebounds for Anthony Davis, but a lot of that was just him grabbing his own misses. They were close in that game just because of getting to the free throw line. So I think, yeah, they got a couple guys that can definitely help in the rebound department and help in the assist department, but that didn't help in one of their – uh, positions that they're in desperate need of help, which is in the shooting department. Because, yeah, they've got Dennis Schroeder played well in that game. They've got a few guys that they've added that have helped in that department. But consistency in shooting is something the Lakers that we've been talking about, they struggle with. They cannot seem to find that realistic that guy that can get realistic shooting week over week, game over game, uh, and help them kind of get out of these ruts that they get themselves in and, and allow them to start winning basketball games. They haven't really found that yet, and the guys that they've brought in, I think over time they can get to the point where they're starting to do that for them. And then this, granted, is the first game that they have played all together as a unit and as a squad. It just seemed very um, disorganized a little bit. It felt like all the guys were just trying to score, but they really couldn't you know, crack it open, and then finally they did a little decent, and then they came back and, and, and worked on that. But I think... Vanderbilt's going to be really helpful in the rebound department. I think he's going to be, you know, when Anthony Davis isn't on the court due to injury or just resting in for an extended period uh, during a basketball game, he can come in and definitely help them uh, score and definitely help them um, get this the rebounds that are necessary to keep the drive alive. I think um, 
I think his name is Russell, but I think that I think Russell would do a good job. D'Angelo Russell will do a good job with um, with assists. He we saw some nice dimes that he was able to drop, and I think he's going to be helpful in getting them with some assists, getting things open, start moving down the court a little bit like that. With Russell Westbrook gone, they're going to need that guy uh, to kind of step up and come in. But they need a guy out of these guys that they've collected over these uh, over the trade deadline, even before the trade deadline. They need to find that guy that's going to be able to help them get out of these ruts that they find themselves in. And I don't think it can be Anthony Davis, and I don't think it can be LeBron James. If LeBron James is going to be the guy that's going to get you you know, 30, 25 points a game. But who's going to be that second, that third, that fourth option that they can find realistic? Because you don't need another rebounder. You already have that in Anthony Davis, right? You, like, great, you have another one. You need a guy that can get consistent shots. I think he, Vanderbilt had, like, six, seven, eight points or something like that during most of the game. I have to look at what he finished with. But overall, I think, the Lakers have made correct moves. We'll see what happens when everything's put together. Uh, but I think at the same time, you know, it, it might be smart to move some of these guys out. Like Anthony Davis, see you it. You can get for him still because over time his his draft stock's going to plummet a little bit. They've also event, uh, got um, Obamba uh, from Orlando, I believe it was, with Patrick Beverly going there. Uh, and like I said, they got Vanderbilt. So they've got other centers that can come in and play. Uh, and I think they could sub him out eventually. I think that's where the Lakers need to be thinking long term as to pre- prevent, you know, them not winning the getting a championship opportunity over and over and over again. They need to uh, find a way to get there. Maybe they can land Kyrie after his time with the Ma- uh, Mavs are done, unless they're smart enough and they sign him again because he's definitely been helping them and down in Dallas. And they don't want to lose that opportunity. Excuse me. Uh, so I think that's kind of be they're going to look at that option. But overall, I think at the trade deadline and teams, one team that I think has done really well is the Nets, and we'll talk to them about them in an upcoming episode. Yeah, uh, I think they actually did a really good job and are better than when they had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, just because neither of those guys could stay on the court due to injuries. They were just like, you watch a Nets game, you're like, where's James Harden? Like, where's where's everybody? And then finally, they're dealing them all out, and the injury bug is gone. Uh, so they can finally put some guys in there, and the guys that they've got, if they can hold on to and don't trade them. This Nets team can be very, very good. So I think that's some of the, one of the teams that won on the trade deadline. I think the the Mavs are another team that won on the trade deadline. I think Kyrie being on that team is going to be really good. And then when we see the Nets play and when we see Kevin Durant play, which I hope is soon, we'll see if they won or if they gave away too many pieces in Kevin Durant. We'll see if he's that guy to help them start winning. But right now the Lakers seem like they're where they've always been and have these moves just don't seem like they've – brought what they would I, I guess uh would like them to we'll see over time like i said as things progress but right now it seems like they basically just added guys that can do what they've already done i think russell probably brings the biggest upside with some points that he can score plus some assists but they're gonna need to figure out shooting soon because otherwise their their championship hopes are getting uh slimmer and slimmer especially with lebron james we know wanting to leave the lakers uh, in the next couple of seasons once his son's in the league and then he's going to end up retiring. So you're going to have to figure out where you're going to be going and you have to figure it out quick because these these little quick fixes that they're trying to implement aren't going to be the thing that's going to do it for him. Okay. All right. Very good. So now we just talk basketball from here on out for a while anyway, yeah. right? We got baseball. We'll start up here baseball, at some point. XFL. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We got USFL, XFL. XFL starts Saturday. Okay. Yeah, we'll see how these people really actually, want to hear about that, but yeah. well, I don't know if I'll talk about it. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. All right, awesome, cool listeners. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We'll catch you on Wednesday. See ya. God bless. <laughs>